I Andrew, I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. I'm going to take this opportunity to apologize because for two things. Number one, the podcast should have been out earlier. And number two, I'm eating while I'm recording this podcast. And the reason why I didn't have a podcast out earlier is because I've been eating. Yeah, um, I have decided to change my whole outlook on life. I am, you know, I am done with exercising. I, after watching Andy Ruiz beat Anthony Joshua, I, I, I I'm just done with all the exercise. I, I, I went to the gym yesterday. I burned my membership card in front of them. I, I bought about maybe two hundred dollars worth of Oreos. I've got a chicken in the oven right now. That's going to serve as a little appetizer, like a whole roasted chicken. I'm just going to eat that. And um, I'm probably going to wash that down with some gravy. Yeah, Andy Ruiz, you, you have changed my life. I am going to... I don't, I don't have any kids, but I am still going to embrace my inner dad bod. Okay, I've been I've been fighting these uh, Schweitzer jeans for too long. I am just going to let that let, let 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 this gut come out. I'm gonna you know be walking down the street and have people ask Andy, you know, are are you gonna be having twins or triplets? No, that's okay. <laughs> In all seriousness, seriousness though, wow, Andy Ruiz is the new heavyweight champion of the world. I went back. Through the Boxing for Free archives, and I wanted to see if I ever wrote anything about uh, Ruiz because the name the name was familiar to me. I was aware of um, I just was aware that he was a name in the heavyweight division. I hadn't been following his career too closely, but I went back, you know, just put his name through our archives, and I did find you know I wrote about him previously all the way back in 2013. That was on the undercard of Manny Pacquiao versus Brandon Rios in Macau. And uh, Ruiz fought Tor Hammer, and this this is the first. These are the first three words that are in that little uh, little piece I wrote about Andy Ruiz. Quote: Ruiz has boobs. Unquote. And I texted that to my dad uh, before the bell rang for the first round. Um, Regardless, boobs or not, you know, it doesn't matter. He may have boobs, but he's also got the belts. I mean, and the thing is, it looked like in the third round that when he got knocked down, that, oh boy, you know, this is it. You know, this is kind of what we were expecting. Fat guy fell down, go boom. But the thing that was really surprising to me was how composed Ruiz was after that. Even after he took, you know, a pretty big right hand, he was still coming back, evading shots, and then he ends up knocking Joshua down twice. Third round. 
The crowd is stunned. And I don't think Anthony Joshua thought Andy Ruiz would be able to stand up to that assault. Sergio, how often do you see after you have a knockdown, you figure, all right, let me finish this guy off, and then you're the one in danger. Both men down, but I think Joshua took the worst of it. Joshua has climbed off the canvas before. Gets Vladimir Klitschko. He was hurt here, and Ruiz with a stiff right hand as well. Tremendous answer, just when you think the coronation is complete. Joshua in trouble. He is still on shaky legs, Brian. And there is 40-plus seconds left in this round. These are the, mo the most important 40 seconds of Andy Ruiz's career. He has a hurt champion in front of him. Joshua now on the ropes, not moving away. Body shots and uppercuts is what Reese should be looking for. Could be measuring him for a counter right, standing in one spot. Now tapping to the body. Fascinating round three. Both men are wary, but Sergio, you thought this was a big chance, and now here comes Ruiz. That's Joshua hurt in the corner. Joshua is hurt. He's staggered, and he goes down again. That's a knockdown. Joshua's wow. been down twice. Five, six, seven, eight. The here wants to me. Okay, lift up your hand. Griffin Walk getting to, to eight. Walk to me. All right. Can he step to Michael Griffin? Fox. Griffin asked him to walk to me, and he didn't. But and the, the bell rings. And the bell saves Anthony Joshua. And the thing that stood out to me in both those knockdowns of Joshua was the look on his face as Michael Griffin was giving the count. It almost kind of looked like Joshua, he, he wasn't surprised, but he was more kind of amused. There, there was no look of urgency, no, I, I couldn't look at his look at his face and see that he was thinking to himself, you've got to get it together, man, because now, you know, this is, we're in the danger zone and we've got to get out of it. it I, I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't anticipating this. And he was like so caught off guard by it. But he, that, that he was kind of amused by it. I don't know. Now I heard some people complain that um, Ruiz kind of let Joshua off the hook. In round four. That he really should have stepped, you know, stepped on the gas. Gone after him even more than he did in round three. But I don't know if that would have been such a good idea. I mean Ruiz... He's probably a lot, well, obviously, he's a lot better than most of us were giving him credit for, but he also has to know that Joshua's a dangerous guy and that he would probably be even more dangerous if he was hurt. I mean, Joshua Joshua knocked him down and he wasn't even hurt. So, I don't know. I'm, and I mean that when Joshua knocked Ruiz down, Joshua was not in a position to get hurt at all. Like, he hadn't been hurt in the fight up to that point. So, I don't know. Maybe... <sighs> There's a lot of analysis that uh, could go on for years at this point. I mean, there are, there are all sorts of rumors and innuendos going around. One was that Joshua had been dropped in uh in sparring in the week leading up to the fight another is that joshua had a panic attack going into the fight that you know in the dressing room just beforehand he had a panic attack 
I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I would think that, okay, you're a guy who beat Vladimir Klitschko, obviously the best heavyweight of his era. And, you know, you're going to get a panic attack over fighting Andy Ruiz. I mean, there are so many possibilities, but it's not worth getting into. So, like I said, some people said that Ruiz should have stepped on the gas. I don't think it was a bad idea to, um, you know, give Joshua a break. Because he's the one in the ring with him. It's easy for us to say, oh, come on, you should have done this, you should have done that. Yeah, I'm not the one getting punched in the face or getting... Uh, or risk being punched in the face, rather. So now we enter round seven, and this is more or less the beginning of the end for Anthony Joshua. Now, I know Joshua probably won't welcome the comparison I'm about to make, but when uh, after he got up from the final knockdown and he started walking towards his corner, I don't know why, but I was having flashbacks of Victor Ortiz against Marcos Maidana, where after the last knockdown, you know, Ortiz was just kind of walking away, shaking his head, and I-, I was just thinking, oh my God, is that what you're really doing? I mean, let's be honest, Joshua did not... You know, as far as, you know, didn't have any uh, big cuts. I mean, his nose was starting to bleed a little bit. But, you know, I've had worse nosebleeds because of the pressure here in Calgary. I mean, it it was just very puzzling. And it, it almost seemed like he was trying to give himself a breather or something. And obviously it didn't work because... Uh, Michael Griffith waved the fight off, and what what kind of shocked me the most was that like they don't even give it a few seconds; they immediately start playing the uh, celebration music for Ruiz. It was just kind of like, nope, we're not wasting time. Play that music. Uh wow. Now, uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, is this a bigger upset than Buster Douglas? against uh, Mike Tyson all the way back in 1990? No. No, it is not. And you should not be that stupid. Okay, for those of you who might not be as knowledgeable as some of us are on boxing, no, this is not the biggest upset, or the biggest upset in the heavyweight division, rather. It, It certainly is a big one, but it's not bigger than Tyson versus Douglas. I mean, Mike Tyson was a global celebrity Okay, 
when he was a heavyweight champion of the world, you didn't even have to follow boxing to know who Mike Tyson was. If I were to go up to my boss tomorrow morning at work and say, hey, do you know who Mike Tyson is? I don't think she's ever seen boxing, probably since the 80s or 90s, but she would probably know who I'm talking about when I say Mike Tyson. Now, if I were to say, do you know who Anthony Joshua is? She would say, um, no, I don't know who that is. Who is he? Um, yeah, so, no, not not as big an upset. Also, Ruiz, you know, he only had one loss on his record. Okay, like, Buster Douglas at the time he fought Tyson had four. And he had previously fought for uh, a heavyweight title against, I think it was Tony Tucker. And he just got tired in the fight and he got stopped. And that's why people thought that Tyson was going to steamroll him, but obviously that's not what happened. Okay, now the question is, Ruiz is the heavyweight champion of the world. Where does this leave Anthony Joshua? Is he truly the next uh, Frank Bruno, as some have been saying? Or is this an opportunity for him to become the next Lennox Lewis? I think it's a bit early to tell for both of those. I mean, we're going to have to see what adjustments he makes in his next fight. A lot of people including Lennox Lewis, have been suggesting that he change trainers. That's not a bad idea. Because I don't know what advice uh, his corner was telling him, but at this stage in the game, maybe it's not a bad thing to change things up. It, it, it certainly can't hurt anything. But uh, for Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, unfortunately, when... Uh, when Joshua got dropped all those times, it's like they could see the millions and millions of dollars they were going to make in a fight with him just kind of vanishing before their eyes. With, e with, each, with each knockdown Joshua took, it's like they saw the total sum lose a little bit. It's like, oh, now it's $50 million. Oh, 20, 25? Oh, 10? Oh, no, now it's all gone. Wah, wah. Uh, now, a lot of people are saying, if you saw how Joshua fought against Ruiz, if he were to fight Deontay Wilder, especially after Wilder's dynamic performance against uh, Brazil just, I think, a week before, that it would have been a washout for Wilder. And who knows, maybe that's the case, or maybe, maybe Wilder, or sorry, not Wilder, but uh, Joshua's heart just wasn't in it. Cleo Clemens, who is a fan of the show, you know, he, he wrote on Facebook that uh, Joshua was probably going to be sobbing in the shower. And, you know, we were having a little discussion about this. And he told me the fight could have been over the third round. It was Andy Ruiz's night. Joshua looked off in the beginning of the fight and that he didn't seem himself. And I came back with, you know, just my own analysis. And I said, was it possible that uh, Joshua was overlooking Ruiz? This is... Uh, you know, this is not the fight that he was supposed to be having. He was supposed to be fighting Jarrell Miller. who And, you know, you have to remember, before the uh, PED test came back to show that he was doping, Miller, he looked big, strong, imposing, like a, a big bad monster who would really test Joshua's mettle. But then you've got Andy Ruiz, and, you know, it looks like he's got a lot of baby fat on him. And a lot more permanent fat as well. 
So maybe he just couldn't get himself motivated. I don't know. I mean, maybe Joshua is going to come out in a month, do an interview, and say, okay, this is what happened. Deny uh, the panic attack. Deny everything. Or maybe he'll say, yeah, you know what? I did have a panic attack, and I don't know. But, okay, what's next for Andy Ruiz? Well, the world is his oyster. You know, what? What? what is with me and the food stuff today? I don't know. But, um, no, uh, he can do whatever he wants now. He can, uh, he can go into a big money fight with Deontay Wilder. He can do a big money fight with Tyson Fury. Or he can do a rematch with Anthony Joshua. Either way... He's going to make a lot of money. And that's good. Good for him. He deserves to make that money. But I really want to commend him and his team because, you know, just a few days after the fight, they did something that I have been begging fighters to do. He expanded his public profile. He went on Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, you know. Sort of like one step forward, two steps back. But regardless, he went on Jimmy Kimmel. People who did not know who Andy Ruiz was before, they probably watched him and said, oh my God, you know, look at this big fat guy. And he's the new heavyweight champion. He's awesome. You know, I'm going to watch him again. Like, Kimmel did wonders for Manny Pacquiao. So let's see what he can do for Andy Ruiz. That's all I've got to say about this. Moving on. Gennady Golovkin is 37, and that might be old for a fighter, but he looked like the Gennady Golovkin of old, knocking out the undefeated Steve Rolls last night. Rolls, who fought out of uh, Toronto, Canada, he, he had some good moments in round two, like he was landing some clean shots, which might be surprising to some people. Me, not so much. I, I, I remember in years past that Golovkin would sometimes let his opponent land clean on him. Uh, one fight that stands out to me was the Millie, uh, uh, the Willie Monroe Jr. fight, where a lot of people were shocked that, oh my gosh, you know, Monroe landed these clean shots. And it's like, yeah, Golovkin does that, I think, I think, to look vulnerable, to kind of uh, get the opponent to get their confidence up so that that way he can open up even more because they're willing to go toe-to-toe with him. And also, I thought that it was a uh, attempt to lure Canelo into a fight because Canelo would probably be watching thinking, oh, wow, if somebody like Monroe can land cleanly on Golovkin, I should be able to as well. I'll bring these judges just in case. But, um, yeah, uh, in the fourth round, Golovkin came back with this big left hand dropped uh rolls and that that was it uh rolls was trying to get up but you could tell that the punch was still affecting him badly he could not make it now after the fight they talk about the possibility of a third fight with canelo he wants it the people want it canelo you know how how i feel about this I felt that Gennady Golovkin won 9 rounds out of 12 in the first fight. But in the rematch, I thought that he won only 8 rounds. I thought that Golovkin won both fights, okay? I thought he won them convincingly. But uh, the judges thought otherwise. And unfortunately, now we're in this situation where Canelo's got the middleweight championship. 
Golovkin's sort of on the outside looking in, hoping that he can get another big payday before he turns 40. And De La Hoya is just going to make all the snide comments from Twitter that he wants, saying that, oh, you know, Golovkin beat up nobody. Why don't you Why don't you win a title and bring something to the table? It's like, Oscar, could you please admit that you feel very lucky that Canelo got a draw in the first fight and very, very lucky that he got the decision the second time around? Come on. It's this kind of pettiness from De La Hoya that, you know, has become so standard over the years that you... He's become what he hated, or that he railed against all these years. That he wanted boxing to be better than it was, and if anything, he, guys like him just make it worse. Okay, moving on. Finally, some good news to finish out the podcast. In December of last year, uh, I believe it was the same night as uh, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Adonis Stevenson suffered the second defeat of his career, lost his light heavyweight championship, and shortly after the fight collapsed in the dressing room, was rushed to a hospital, and was placed in a medically induced coma when it was discovered that uh, he had a brain bleed. There was a lot of uh, doubt and debate about whether uh, Stevenson would live, and if he did, there was once again doubt if he would be able to walk, talk, or even remember his name. Well, Adonis Stevenson, this past week, gave a very brief interview. Uh, he was seen walking, talking. You can see the, the scars on his head, but other than that, he looks fine. He seems to be in good spirits. He has been saying that he wants to work as a trainer now and train the next generation of fighters. I think that's great. Good. And I, I once again, we're, we're seeing people pretending to get on their so-called high horses and act like, oh, well, Adonis Stevenson, he used to be a pimp, so, you know, he, he should have died. It's like, oh, could you, could you go to hell? Or, or at least go through with some sort of chemical castration so that way I don't have to worry about you reproducing and spreading your stupidity even further. I mean, good lord. I, I, I'll say it again. The, the stuff that Adonis Stevenson did is terrible. But you're forgetting he went to jail for it. He served his time. He got out. Turned his life around. If you have a problem with the sentence, I suggest you take that up with, you know... The courts here in Canada, I know they suck. You know, all the time we, we see this happen. But the thing is, they serve their sentence. What more do you want? Okay, it's not justice you want, it's vengeance. But there's no need for it from Stevenson because he served his time and that's all that needs to be said. But um, regardless, I really hope that uh, he continues in his recovery, I hope that he continues to do well. I hope that one day, you know, he is a trainer, a successful trainer either way. I mean, even if he doesn't do anything, I hope that he lives a very happy life. I mean, it's very strange how some boxers like Michael Watson or Gerald McCullum, they suffer these career-ending injuries, but they're never really the same afterwards. And yet, Adonis Stevenson... He's emerged, you know, 
for what appears to be the better. And, you know, it, it all depends upon the severity of those specific injuries. But regardless, I hope that Stevenson continues to do well. And, you know, that, 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 that was the good news. Now there's some bad news, unfortunately. The Boxing for Free podcast will go on, but the website, BoxingForFree.com, will not. Before the end of this month, June of 2019, the Boxing for Free website will be taken offline. Um, Justin and I have spoken about this, and he determined that there is not enough new content to justify keeping the site up. Uh, For years, he's tried to recruit writers and enthusiasts and create new content for the site, but it just hasn't worked out. Now, to be clear, we're not going anywhere. The podcast is going to continue. It will continue its infrequent schedule, don't worry. Um, I'm going to keep giving my thoughts and commentary. New episodes are going to still be up on Podbean and submit to iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, other podcast directories. And I'm still going to be giving updates on the Boxing for Free Twitter account and also our Facebook page. Those video documentaries that we've been doing, those are going to continue, and we're going to keep putting them up on YouTube and Vimeo. Um, that, that, that's just a sad reality of it, unfortunately. I mean, is it a bit sad? Eh, you know, it, it, it sucks, but I mean, we're not going to stop doing the content. I really enjoy... Um, do covering the fights over Twitter, giving putting my thoughts on Facebook, but uh, unfortunately, it seems like just keeping the pod or the uh, website around, it's just not worth it anymore. And who knows? Maybe things will turn around one day. It'll come back, but um, for now, at the end of the month, boxingforfree.com will be no more. But the Boxing for Free podcast is not going to be going anywhere. We are, or rather, I'm going to keep at this and. Hopefully, the the uh, the podcast will continue for quite a while. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Ad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.